going to do the video at the very end, Job chapter 1. If you can't find Job, look for Job, Job 1, Job 1. And if you need a handout, can anyone not get a handout if you need a copy of that? Ryan has those back there, and that will be good. All right, I think everybody's got them. Job chapter number 1. And Ryan, if you'd be so kind to bring me a copy of that on your way up here, that would be great. Thank you, one up here in the pulpit. And so just to make sure I follow along as we go through. And we're going to read, basically, the first two chapters before we dive into anything tonight. We're going to read, and then we will get to where we need to be. Verse number 1, there was a man in the land of Uz, not Oz, Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. There was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was also 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And so, and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about, the Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from rocking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast, thou, hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house, about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord. There was a day when the sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabines fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, so everything in Job's life is going pretty good to this point. He's a blessed man. He's a good man. Very good man. A much better Christian man than most that there have ever been in this world. For God to point him out to Satan says something. Think about that. Have you seen Job? God says he's perfect and upright. Job is a good, good, good man. We read here and we see that so all of a sudden Satan comes before the Lord we see very quickly things start to unravel in Job's life. This was not a sequence of several days. This is a couple of moments that pass and all the things that happen. 
We see in verse 16, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, so this is back to back to back, there came another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, continuing, this is back to back to back to back, two minutes time. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Job's life changes in seven verses. We have a huge book here. In seven verses, we see Job's trial before us. Back to back to back to back, all at one time. There was no letting up. It just all came at once. It'd be bad enough to lose your oxen. It'd be bad enough to lose your camels. Bad enough to lose all these different things, but to lose your sons and your daughters, and not just some of them, all of them, in a matter of minutes. And Job had a great deep care for his children. We read earlier the fact that he would go sacrifice for them. In fact, he might have been a little bit... He might have some anxiety about what his kids did and was trying to help them do what was right and help in areas he was doing these things. And in seven verses, his world gets flipped upside down. Look at Job's response in verse number 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle, shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, what's all this? The oxen being gone, the servants being gone, the fire of heaven falling on the sheep and the servants and consuming them, Chaldeans falling upon all his camels and all these things, his sons, his daughters, all dead. In all of this, Job sinned not. That's Christian if I've ever read of one. Nor charged God foolishly. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now, you read through here, and who are the sons of God? I don't have time to get into all of it tonight, but if you jot down a little reference there, Job 38 verse number 7, the sons of God that are mentioned right here in Job are referring to angels, and Job 38 7 verifies that fact for us. And some people wonder, so in the book of Genesis, the sons of God married the daughters of men and all of those things. So were those angels and angels were marrying. If you read the New Testament, it's very clear that in heaven, there is no such thing as marriage, right? So it's not angels in Genesis chapter number six. People like to say that, but there's no proof. And they like to say a lot, people like to say lots of things. And I've heard lots of different things. And you say, well, I'm one of those that believes that, then you believe whatever you want to. And uh, instead of sticking with the sign there's very little knowledge about, worry about the main things of the Bible and let those little things just go, okay? Worry about the big major things. And anyways, we keep on going there. It says, And again there came a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? 
Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it. Something that we see about Satan, and make sure you understand, Satan is not omnipresent like God. It says he's walking to and fro. Satan can't be everywhere at one time. There are lots of people who all say, Satan made me do it. But Satan can't make everybody do it at the same time. Let's remember that. And, uh, and so he says he was going to and fro and walking up and down in the earth, walking down, and it says in verse number three, And the Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Put forth thine hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, it is in thine hand, but save his life. So when Satan forth from the presence of the Lord, smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity, curse God, and die? I think sometimes we look at Job's wife, say, what was her name? Job's wife, that's what the Bible says here. I think sometimes we are a little too hard on her. Everything that Job just lost, she lost. It was her children that died. It's like they were his. There's something about a mother's bond with her children as well. And I feel that she was just eaten up. And sometimes, sometimes we look at people, we're, we're too hard. The Lord's not too hard. We need to be more like him. We read verse number 10, but he said unto her, and Job was pretty hard too. Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. I ever said that to Caroline. Lord only knows what would happen. He said, What shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came every one of them unto his own place, Lephaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite. For they had an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. When they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept. And they rent every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads towards heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. Job's friends gave some bad advice. We're going to talk about that advice in just a little bit. But I do like the fact that they were there at the beginning here. They saw him mourning, and they mourned as well. Can you imagine seven days and seven nights not saying a word? Can you imagine... All that took place with Job. Bad things happen to good people. Sometimes we look, we're like, what did they do to get that to happen to them? And that is so wrong for us to ever say. So wrong of us to judge. Remember with uh, Victoria, we were talking about this earlier tonight. Paul, and he got bit by the viper. Man, all the people, man, that guy must be some, what did he do to cause all this to have, to have that viper bite him? And then five minutes later, he was still doing everything, and that bite didn't do anything. Like, wow, he must be a god. They changed their minds so quick and went back and forth with it. And I want to spend a little bit of time, and I know we've got our notes, and I know we've got to stick to a time. But as I was getting, as I was finishing this afternoon, seeing it together in my mind as I went for a walk, and as we were singing those songs tonight, I'm going to hit a lot on the beginning here. I'm going to rush through the middle of it. I'm going to talk a little bit at the end. And if we have time for the video, we'll do the video. If not, we'll save the video for another time. Father, I pray that the next few minutes that we have together, you would just bless it. We look at a great man here in the Bible, a man that every person in this room should try to strive to be like. I know we would look and say, we don't want what happened to Job. 
but we should all be striving to be like him. Pray tonight as we study this passage that you do a work in us and help us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The book of Job, probably the oldest book in the Bible. We look at several things about it. The who, the story of Job. He was not an Israelite. Who wrote the book of Job? We do not know. It was given to us by inspiration of God, and somebody penned the words. When did it happen? It's probably the oldest book of the Bible. Definitely before the law was given in the book of Exodus. And we believe he lived during the time of the patriarchs. He might have been a contemporary of Abraham back in those days, during the time of Genesis. And it is the oldest book in the Bible. There, are, It's amazing the things you'll find in there. You could look at, and you could write this down for sake of later, chapter 33, verse 24, see a foreshadow of Christ. Also chapter 30, we see the suffering, upright man Job points the way to the suffering, sinless Savior. Chapter 30 of the book of Job can be compared to Psalm 22 quite a bit. Write that down and read them later, and you can go through that. Where does it take place? In us, not Oz, us. Say, where's us? No one truly knows for sure. Probably south of Israel, near the Red Sea. I say, probably. That does not mean that that's a fact, but that's probably where it was. What is the book about? It's a book of poetry. It's one of the poetical books. I remember when I first uh, started teaching at the college, at Pacific Baptist, the college there, first class they gave me was the poetical books. And I'm like, oh boy, the po- poetical books. I am not a poet at all. And, uh, and these books, it's just amazing. The, and as you read through them. And this book contains, the book of Job has so much rich vocabulary in it. There's a lot of things you might not understand all. And if you were to really look through the entire, and I, people say sometimes, the King James Bible is so hard to understand. It's really not that hard, okay? Number one. Number two, if it's that hard, we, you, you don't have to be spoon-fed everything, right? You can open up a dictionary or you can help yourself out and figure out what things mean. You can figure it out. The book of Job and probably the book of Jude are two of the highest reading levels books in the Bible. The book of Job, there's lots of things that are contained. I mentioned its rich vocabulary. Many Hebrew words in the book of Job appear nowhere else in the Old Testament. In Job chapter 4, verse 10 and 11... There are five different words used for lions in the Hebrew. Five different words. And also in Hebrew, there are six synonyms for traps that are mentioned in chapter 18, verse 8 through 10. And some of you, that doesn't matter to you, but if, you lie, if you're a word nerd, Ryan, that might interest you, and you might look at that later on. This book touches on subjects that include astronomy, geology, hunting, mining, travel, weather, zoology, courts of law. And so many things, and when this was written, and at that time, there wasn't a lot of all that stuff established. The theme for the book of Job is trials. It teaches us so much about trials. Who they happen to, why they happen, how to respond, and the good that can come from them. The theme verse, if you look at chapter number 23, verse number 10, if I gave the passage, the book a theme verse, you might say your theme verse would be a different one. That's totally fine, but for me it'd be 23, verse number 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You might step back and look at the book of Job and be like, why did God let Satan do what he did? Are you ready? I got an answer for you. Here it comes. Michael, I'm glad you're so enthusiastic tonight to know. Are you ready? I don't know. (laughs) I don't. What did Job do to make this happen? He was a good man. What was, why? I don't know. And with trials, 
you're never going to know. I put on there, if you noticed in the thing up there, it said that with trials, they teach us much about trials, who they happen to and why they happen. You know why trials happen? Is what the book teaches us. We don't know. Why Job? Why not Sam? Maybe there was a Sam back then. I don't know. Why was it Job? So, pastor, if I just don't be a good person, then I won't get picked on. That's not true. So if I be bad, God will... No, 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 no. You will not figure it out. What we do see in chapter 23, the theme verse there in verse number 10, but he knoweth the way that I take. We just need to trust God through the trials. And that's not always easy. Say, why? Seven verses. Job's life falls apart in five minutes. Literally. Everything. By chapter two, his health goes. If you, I have on my hands, I have psoriasis on my hands. At times they itch, they flake, they, um, they crack open, and it is painful on your hands. Job had sores on his body from head to toe. And the relief he got was from scraping at them. Job went through a lot. Let's give you an outline for the book, and I'm going to give you some thoughts as we close. And we're not going to get to the video tonight, but that's all right. Number one, we see Job's character and calamity. Satan comes before the Lord, and we see that Job is such a good man. I wonder if God ever mentions you and I to anybody like he did Job. Job was a good man. We are his workmanship, right? Isn't that what the scripture says? Our lives should be lived for his praise and for his glory. And that's Job's life. See, the Job's legendary trials are told in seven verses. We have 42 chapters in the book of Job, and yet his entire life changes in seven short verses. He loses his wealth, he loses his kids, and he responds correctly to God. He worships God. Let me ask you a question. When hard times come into our lives, do you get mad at God, or do you still worship him? Because God of the God in our valleys is still God when we're on the mountains, too. He's God the entire time. And in the midst of the valley, he's still worthy of worship. Even when we don't understand it. We see that his life changes to the way he responds. It shows us that the wealth that he had, he was not worshiping God because of his wealth. He worshiped God because he loved God. The fact that he, his children died and all these things happened and he still worshiped God, it shows that, Jesus, or shows that God was still the center focus of his worship. Yes, he might have sacrificed for his kids. Yes, maybe he had all this wealth and things, but his wealth didn't bring him to God. He was close to God, and those were just the benefits that he had in his life. I wonder tonight, what would be taken out of our lives, and what would you do? Would you still worship God, or would everything else take place? Job worshipped. Chapter 2, he loses his health. You've got to understand something. Job wasn't worshipping God because of his health. Is worshiping God. And you've got to understand something. This that's up on the screen there. True worship of God does not depend upon our circumstances. This is how it works. True worship occurs within us through the grace that God gives, regardless of the circumstances that he sovereignly allows us to endure. Exactly what Jesus said to Paul. Grace is sufficient for you. That's what true worship is. We saw number one, his character and things. We see number two, we see Job and his friends. Chapter three through chapter 37. There are multiple conversations that take place in chapters from there. Job is quiet for a week. We read there, go back to the end of chapter number two. 
end of chapter number two, and we see, we read that verse, and we, how it was quiet for a week, nothing happened. And we see this, look at what happens next. We see after this, after seven days of quiet, Job opened, Job opened Job's mouth and cursed his day. Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said, There is a man-child conceived. Let the day be darkness, let not God regard it from above, neither let the light shine upon it. That's the first things that he says. Verse 7 and 8 we see about it. It says, Lo, let the night be solitary, and no joyful voice come therein. Let them curse it that curse the day, or array to raise up their morning. And with friends like these, you'll see something that happens. The three friends that we've read about the, that we're starting with were three cycles of conversations that would take place. You could read through chapter 3 through 37 and see this over and over again. First thing is they tell him why he was wrong. Job gets in despair and then asks God to kill him and wishes he was never born. That's the cycle that happens. Bad advice from his friends. Job, what sin is in your life? <laughs> we go back to chapter number one. Sin had nothing to do with what happened in Job's life. That's why it's not your place. That's why the Bible says, judge not, that you be not judged. Too often we're very quick to judge someone. Maybe this is why this is going on in your life. You don't know nothing. And don't open up your mouth and say something like that. Job's friends were not a help. I said I was glad for the fact that they came, that they sat there for seven days and said nothing. They would have done better to sit there and say nothing than to say what they said. And I honestly believe the three of them were well-meaning. I believe they loved Job. They were there, but they did not give a good response. Don't try to give your opinion on something you don't know the facts about. Don't do it. Don't do it. Honestly, what I think should have happened here, and I'm not the end all, and I don't know all things, Job needed to be able to bear his heart, and his friends just needed to listen to Job. Job didn't need the wrong counsel here. They just need to listen. Be careful what you say in times of, trouble, of trials. You do not know the reasons behind the trials. They accused him of things that were not true, and they didn't have any, they didn't know anything about it. Then you know the fourth, the fourth, the fourth friend, a young guy, Elihu, comes along in chapter thirty-two, and just goes guns a blazing, and tries to set things straight. And he, he actually had some more wisdom than I think the other three friends did. But even in all that, there are still some things he shouldn't have said. Just, and that's one of the things, be careful. One of the things that we got to do a better job, we're supposed to bear one another's burdens, correct? Isn't that what the scripture says? Why don't you ask God to help? When you're, and this is one thing that I do, and I fail at it often, okay? I wish I could say every time I counsel or, help, or try to help somebody that I always do the right thing. And I wish I did. But go and ask God, help guide my lips and what I say, and help me be a help. So often we're not, but if we would just take the time and let God work through us, it could change things so much. Job did need friends here. And a lot of times what happens, Job's at a very deep, dark spot in his life. A lot of times there's a lot of isolation that gets involved with that. That's why he just sat there seven days, didn't say a word. I, I wonder what was running through his head during that time. I wonder what was going through the head of his friends as they sat there for seven days. Well, they should have just kept quiet, in my, in my humble opinion. Number three, after we see Job and his friends, we see number three, we see Job and God. Go with me to chapter 38. And God, this is some strong, this is some strong words. And the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and said, Who is this darkness counsel by words without knowledge? 
Burn up now thy loins like a man, for I'll demand of thee, and answer thou me. And God tells him, he goes right into it, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you at? Where were you when all these things happened? And we read, and there's so much, so much communication here from chapter 38 through 42. There's some pictures, some scientific things, and lots of different things that could be mentioned. Um, you hear in chapter number, is it chapter 40 or chapter 39? Or chapter 41, you canst thou draw out Leviathan, the hook. You hear of this creature named Leviathan. I got some ideas what it might be, but I'm not going to tell you tonight. So many things through this passage. And God comes before him. I want you to look with me at chapter 42. I want to spend a little bit of time on the closing passage. Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not, things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee, the hearing of the ear, and now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore I abhor myself, and repent in dust and ashes. It was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Lephes the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee, against thy two friends. They have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job hath. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. My servant Job shall pray for you, for him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly. He hath spoken of me the things which is right, like my servant Job. See these things happen. Look at verse number 10. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. This is like the third time that Surrey, you are not wanted in church, so be quiet. No one wants to hear from you. Technology. How that happened, you know what happens when that happens? I hit my, I turn my wrist like this, and it presses the button on my watch till Surrey's like, what do you need? What do you need? I never use Surrey, because I've got one woman I listen to in life, and I don't need any more <laughs> women voices to listen to in my life. And thanks a lot for doing that, Surrey, and messing Surrey's of the devil. Here we go. Apple products of the devil. Do you notice how the Apple products, it's an apple with a bite out of it? Have you ever thought about that? Anyways, we'll just keep on going. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all them that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in the house. They bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money, every one an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 she-asses. He, he had also seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first, and um, we have those names there. And I was, I had, that's what just reminded me, I had on my desk the meaning of those three names. And I'll send out a text later because the meaning of the three daughters, their names, is pretty, pretty neat to see. And uh, when you look at all this, you look at verse 16, and after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. When Job repented and humbled himself and prayed for those who hurt him, God turned his trials into blessing. He lost everything in seven verses. He gained everything in seven verses. Isn't that interesting? Job teaches us to trust God 
when we don't understand. To follow him when we have no idea what he's trying to teach us. It teaches us that God sees the big picture when we only see pain. How we think about these things, we got to trust God in the midst of the chaos of our lives. Job is an Old Testament illustration. I want you to take your Bibles with me, and I know it's 702. I've preached. This is my third sermon today. Let's sing all morning. Did a memorial service this afternoon. I'm tired, but we're finishing up. Go to 1 Peter chapter number 1 and look at verse number 6. The whole book of Job is an Old Testament illustration of this New Testament teaching. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 9. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom have not, whom have not seen ye love, and whom... Though now ye see him not, yet believing, yet ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And our faith is built when uncontrollable things happen to us and we trust God. What are the takeaways? And finally tonight, number one, seemingly bad things happen to good people. Let me just say too, bad things happen to bad people too. Sometimes we look, and in our lives, I'm trying to serve God. I'm trying to do all these things. And look at so-and-so. They don't love God. Look at how they're being blessed. That's not a proper judgment either. Bad things happen to good people, and they happen to bad people. Bad things happen to both. Number two, with God, what we view as bad things can be used to teach us good things. That's what Romans 8.28 is all about. And we know that all things, every trial, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Number three, even good people have things to learn through trials. Job was a perfect man, an upright man, one that shoot evil, one that feared God. And there were still things he needed to learn in a trial. Number four, trials are always providential. God ordered or God allowed. We see that Satan does have limits. He has great power, but it's limited power. Next, trials are not punishment, chastening. Punishment is getting even for the past. Chastening is preparing for the future. Trials are not punishment. Could they be in some cases? Sure. How do you know when they are and when they're not? So don't judge it. Next, trials purify and prepare us for greater usefulness. The Bible teaches that. Trials purify and prepare us greater usefulness the next trials are part of god's perfect plan for our lives he knoweth the path that i take he knoweth it job shows us three things and you have three final blanks there we often suffer sometimes understand we can always trust one thing to note if you look at job got double of everything right so why did god only give him 10 more kids because he had 10 kids in heaven he did have 20 kids that's why and for us we got the benefit of seeing the beginning of job's story seeing the end of the story. Job didn't have that benefit. When you're going through it, you need to rejoice in the Lord as he makes no mistakes. As we close tonight, I want you to take, we have rejoice in the Lord on this for the screen. I know it's in the songbook. I think it's 312 in the songbook. One of my, one of my people in life that just a great Christian man, Ron Hamilton, Patch the Pirate, he is called. 